Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I thank God for this opportunity and thank the many volunteers who make this possible. I was a Latter-day Saint for over 60 years, but I came to realize that there were doctrinal problems and other situations in the church that led me out of the church, and I know that there are many others that are questioning. And it's uh, our opportunity to share those that have, have struggled with the same things and have found a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd like to offer a word of prayer before we uh, introduce our guest tonight. Father in heaven, we ask for your spirit to be with us, that we'll say the things that will touch hearts, that your spirit will be with us and with our audience, those that are listening, that they might learn. And we pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm happy tonight to introduce Mary McCraney. Nice to have you with us tonight. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're excited to interview you and hear your story. You certainly have a, a lot to share, I'm sure, and we'll get right to it. Uh, you were born into the church, is that right? Yeah, long story short, my mom was not a member. My dad was inactive. He grew up in a part member family. Uh -huh. uh, my dad was in the army, went away to Vietnam. I was wow. five, and the missionaries knocked on my mom's door and said, hey, I think my husband's one of you guys. <laughs> She liked what it did for family, and so... So she converted to the she church. Converted. And then my dad got back and became active, and it went from wow. there. And you were baptized at eight? Yes. I assume. And then were you active as a... Went to primary and Sunday school and all the meetings during your youth and yes. so on? Yes, all the good stuff. Yeah. Seminary? Did you attend seminary? Semin yes, I did attend seminary. Uh, we moved... I graduated from high school in Europe. My dad from the army from the army so. so it was limited seminary there because the church was far away so yeah. you kind of did sermon seminary on Sundays when yeah. you went in, but, but you'd consider day. yourself yeah. an active latter-day yes. saint I yes. guess throughout your youth and and then uh, and then into high school you were still active and and so um, did you ever have any um, any thoughts of uh, that the church was not true I guess is a question I knew I didn't know that the church was true I could give all the talks in the world that they asked me to, but I could never stand up there and say, I know this church is true, like is rehearsed by so many. Because I knew I didn't know. But I also knew I wasn't taking the time to know, and mm -hmm. I was just going to, I was too busy with life, and I would figure that out later. Oh, okay. So I was just, you know, never, you know, tried reading the Book of Mormon, but would never got past, you know, the very beginning. Yeah. Just, just... So did you think you had a testimony of Joseph Smith or no, the no. church? No, I knew, and luckily my parents were pretty, were never Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith, it was God, God, God. So really? I was pretty founded in God, yeah. but um, I'm not sure any of us knew Joseph Smith, and I yeah. praise God for that now, but it's, <laughs> um, it just helped my, in my transition out, not having that root those yeah. roots in him. So. But they emphasize to you the importance of God and Jesus. Yes. But as a Latter-day Saint, uh, as a Mormon, did you feel that same way about Jesus? No. He's our elder brother and... Oh. Uh, 
I was a, I don't know, a legalist at heart, still ashamedly somewhat am, really trying to shake that. But um, I absolutely resented him. I resented that it wasn't me in this, uh, whatever it was, the, the meeting up in heaven where God presented this great plan, you know. Our elder brother raised his hand and said, I'll go down and do this. And I didn't understand why it wasn't me who didn't say, I'll go down and do it. Really? I had that much pride and that much ego and that much, it's embarrassing now. I'm really sorry, but I didn't know him and I d almost didn't uh, want to know him because I, I was just, I just resented him. I was just jealous. Because he had, because he put his hand up yeah. and chose to come He was down. the favored child. The favored child. And I, you know, I was the first child of my parents. I always wanted to be the favored child. It was just, was just an the ugly side of me. <laughs> when you say legalism, you're talking about just all the rules and the regulations. You, you felt comfortable in that or? Yeah, I was a, my dad was military. I was raised so in were. lots of rules. And uh, for the most part, I could obey them. I mean, you know, I didn't give my parents any trouble. I didn't, and I, uh, but with that um, comes pride. And that's, you know, not a good thing. I know, and, and you know, I was just thinking as you're saying that, and I've never really put those words to it that I was legalistic, but there was never any question about which direction I was headed always. And, and it was because I was trying to follow the rules. And, yeah. and I guess you'd call that being legalistic. But there was a lot of pride with that. Sure, because, because I was keeping the rules. That made me better than everybody else that wasn't. Yeah. And even though there were my own set of rules or God's rules that I knew I wasn't keeping, they were only rules that I knew I wasn't keeping. And it was like my secret. And uh, I was really, you know, to look back, I've never been any better than anybody else, so it makes me sick to think I ever thought I was. I think pride's a big issue with a lot of people, and, and, they, um, and it manifests itself in different ways. Do you see that, too, in uh, just Absolutely. kind of different little things that are said or looks or the way people are treated sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you've had quite a, a journey since high school, I guess. Uh, since high school. Tell us a little bit about your your time after high school you well uh, let me go back in high school this is something that kind of stands out uh, I was in a Miami class so we're all about 15 there's maybe six of us in the class and I was the only girl in that year that didn't end up pregnant at that age oh my goodness and they wanted to have a baby shower for one of the girls to help her with and I refused I was just like you don't reward somebody for disobeying the rules and that I felt entitled to that. I felt justified in my thinking. I felt... Um, Again, pride. There. Yeah, total. Yeah. And over the years, that is one thing that comes back to haunt me, is just what I felt. And I, have, I go back to that experience every time I think of getting caught up in something again. I go back, is that you? Is that because I don't want to be that person anymore, you know? Did that so, ostracize you from the other girls, or? No, we, you know, my dad, we moved so much that it, that was just a matter of time, and when you were gone I was again. gone from them, and uh, graduated high school, did the BYU thing. Really? You went to BYU? Yeah, I went to BYU. Um, now, you went to classes, or you had uh, uh, religion classes, mm -hmm. I guess, at BYU? Totally into them. Were you? Really? I took a church history class, yeah. and I could even justify the Mountain Meadows Massacre. I mean, I was 
you were it had me convinced that oh we had to have been right in that and i was i was into that i was really it was the first time i had really gotten into church history and and you felt a, a, a somewhat of a testimony at that point i guess of the church would you say i guess i don't know what it was i yeah. felt like i was part of the truth and i took pride in that very special yes yeah. made me special made me elite and but i knew inside I didn't know it was truth. I didn't know it was false. I just didn't know it was truth. I just didn't know. I was just going along, you know, Falling. yeah, trying to be the good kid for my parents, trying not to just trying not to rock the boat yeah. for anybody. And but I knew inside. But it was like my secret with God. You know, I don't know any of this, and and you know what my heart's really like. I think that's part of the problem with being legalistic or, or trying to live by the law because we know that we're, we either fall short because we're not keeping it, so we have the options of what, rebelling or uh, fibbing about it, lying, yeah. rationalizing. And it came to that. It came Was to it? that where I would, when I could no longer keep the rules, you know, I would lie. I would lie. And not be honest with yourself, and you knew God knew, I knew God and knew. so that was was troubling you. Apparently. And I feared the day when I would die, and you know how the, how you're taught that you know that the movie of your life plays right. in front of everybody, and I was just like, I just knew, you know, that I'd have to face it and then own up to everybody there. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was really like. I really felt like I had the wool pulled over everybody's eyes. Everybody thought, you know, you I was a, perfect, a good person, and yeah. they were always, you know, yeah, and. I knew inside. I think that's one thing I've enjoyed about this Christian walk is that people are more honest about totally. about being falling totally. short and being sinners and turning our lives over to Christ totally. Yeah. How did you feel about Jesus at this time? I had How'd no you? idea who he was. Had no appreciation, had no idea in that time. And even even till I was like 40, I had no idea. I was trying to raise three little kids, you, you know, husband were trying to work and trying to make ends meet and all that I just was we had parents that totally needed help and we were busy I was just trying to keep my head above water following the prophets though were following you? the prophets okay. I I played the piano in primary for 25 years oh, really? and and yeah it was all about it was just learning all the prophets and all and I just went right along with Teaching and, my children. And again, not studying a lot, you're saying, no. not reading the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. Were you reading the Bible at all no. at that point? Mm -hmm. That was not. I'm not a reader. You know, yeah. I'm not a reader. And uh, I have a husband who just is a voracious reader, you know, wants to yeah. read everything. And I would just be like, you know, when it comes, when I have the quiet time, I want to sleep. You I didn't want to relax. Reading was a Especially what, yeah. raising three children. So I just, I didn't read, you yeah. know. Now you waited for Sean on uh, on his mission. Yes. Well, and so after he. That's that's, yeah. He might debate that, but yes, more <laughs> or less. More or less, right? I, okay. Yes. You were there when he got home, and uh, yeah. and you married. You married in the temple. We did. Which temple did you? Los marry? Angeles. Los Angeles mm -hmm. temple, and was that an interesting experience? First time you went through. Totally that? tripped me out. Yeah. But I'm looking at Sean going through it. I'm looking at my parents and his parents and. He has a huge family. Look at all everybody in there, and you're thinking, okay, well, this is just part of me not knowing the truth, and they all think it's right, so it must be right, and it's just me. And you'll catch on and, later. Yeah, I will catch on later. I, I felt that same way. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I guess I'm trusting family and others yeah. that have been doing this for years, and I, I guess I'll understand it eventually. But it did seem strange. Yeah. Did Did you yes. feel it that way too? Mm -hmm. <laughs>
And as a matter of fact, when I, when I first started going to Christian church and they would do worship music and I'd see people like raise their hands to the Lord, it would kind of trip me out a little bit at first, right, in the new transition. And then I had to, I was like, listen, nothing is kind of, I mean, I thought of things that go on in the temple and I just thought raising your hands to the Lord is it's a good thing. <laughs> That's a good so thing. So it's a good thing. So after uh, Sean comes home, you, you get married in the temple, and you start having your family, and, and then time goes on, and of course he ha starts having experiences, and, mm -hmm. and you're following along with that and watching him. A any thoughts on that? He kept that? trying to share. Yeah. He always tried to let me in, but I would just be like, why are you fighting this? You know, this is, this is you're, you're messing, you know, you're messing up, I don't know, rocking the boat, whatever it is, but we had this good thing going, and why are you... I didn't understand why he would think so much, I guess, because I just didn't have the time to think. And did, did you feel like your eternal life and celestial kingdom marriage and all that was being jeopardized? Is uh, that not at the time, because no? I really thought it was phases. He would kind of mm -hmm. go through everything. It was, It'll come back. yeah, and, and I just thought pretty soon it will all calm down and we'll reel it back in and Mormonism will be the thing. Um, and then when it became real for him, I realized it wasn't a phase, and it was something I really needed to look at. And yeah, the bishops and state presidents, they hold that eternal thing over your head, like, you know, you're losing this, and you had no longer have this, and you, and it was scary, and it was ugly. Yeah, how did you deal with that particular area, thinking um, about that now? You know, it became, and it's, it all still is, this, we're talking about God. This is God. I trust Him completely, and it's, whatever is, is going to be beautiful, and it's going to be right, and it's going to be His will, and I trust that. But if, in the beginning, it was very scary to think of losing all these eternal things. I felt very blessed to, <laughs> to be married to Him, and to think, because I was a girl who, I mean, I went to my senior prom alone. I didn't date. I it was just, you know, pretty much a loner. And I had this guy who was, you know, I don't know, Mr. Wonderful, Mr. California, Mr. Iron Man, everything. And he wanted me, and that was just huge. Yeah. And then to have me for eternity, that was just, I kind of banked on that, you know. And then all of a sudden to not have that was pretty, yeah, Scary. pretty humbling, yeah. Oh, I kind of deal, dealt with that in, in the idea, same thing with you, trusting in God and thinking that I love Carla, my wife, and if we want to s spend our time together in the heavens, that we'll do that. God yeah. will have more wonderful things planned for us than we can even imagine. Yeah. So, so you kind of worked through that eventually yeah. and felt the same way, I guess. Yes, yeah. I, trust, I trust Him completely. How was your family reacting to all your journey here during this time? Um, you know, I have a, you know, different, same with Sean's family. Some are more receptive than yeah. others, and others choose not to, um, and some kind of disowned us completely for a while in the very beginning, but that was okay. I, yeah. I was pretty devastated at first, but realized God used that time to help Sean and I grow up and grow in Him together, you know, mm. and, and I look at it as a huge blessing now, and now that we can kind of love them, show them love, you know, and bring them back in. It's, everybody's kind of warming up, and it's, yeah. yeah. So how did Mary McCraney deal with some of the issues of the church as you started learning things? When you... I, uh, 
I fought Sean kicking and screaming. Didn't, you know, he, and he took me, the, the minute he was, had found the Lord, he had this magnificent experience where he was born again at the side of the road. I mean, it was, it was a singular moment that was just so amazing to him. And he got a hold of the tape that he had heard from Charles Stanley, and he took me to this parking lot, and he said, just listen to this. Mm. And I was trying, trying, keyword is trying, so hard to hear in it what he heard and to grasp what he heard and to, because I wanted to go along with him, but I just, I wanted to understand it, I guess. And I just couldn't, at I that, couldn't get it. At that point. So essentially, I feel like um, I was following him sort of by force, I guess. And uh, it was, I didn't want it, but I um, was, I wasn't following him. I guess I was letting him do what he needed to do. Right. And then I watched, I don't know, I just watched him. I watched him change. And I've known him since he was like 17. And, and I just watched him wrestle with himself yeah. always. I used to think, I'm going to ask God, why are some souls just so tortured? You know, and I would, you know, the road rage and the having to pull over the side of the road and beat up whoever it was that cut you off five times a day or whatever it was. I had watched him all through a lot of years. And I watched that just... I don't know, I just watched it kind of dissolve. Away. Yeah, and I and at that time my dad had gotten really sick and was handicapped and he's six foot five and four hundred pounds and just impossible to lift or do anything with and Sean was just my dad would call him to say, Come put me on the toilet, come take me off the toilet, come wrap my legs because he had this lymphedema. So I just watched a peaceful Sean serve and love, you know, and just and pretty soon I found myself going, this is real. This is, and I watched the calmness in him and, and the peace that he had that I've known him since he was 17 and he's never had. And then I knew I wanted that. Yeah. I wanted that and I knew I didn't have it. And it took me a long time to get it. I mean, I didn't, uh, I kept going, trying and trying and thinking, okay, I belong. Okay, I'm doing this. But I don't think, that was like in 2000. Two, when he asked to be excommunicated, and it wasn't probably till 2010, where I can honest to goodness think that I really, I really got it. So, it took you that long, mm -hmm. and and I think people should understand that because even though you had this trust in him and his his journey, and you could see the change, it still took you a while to come yeah, to that. Totally. But you have, and I didn't have that one moment experience like some people have when they find the Lord. It took me, oh I don't even know the experience. I, all of a sudden it was just like turning around looking back going, okay, I'm there. I get it. But I couldn't tell you when or where. So it's <laughs> just as funny how God is as individual with each of us as we are individual. You know, He just yeah. works with us that way. Well, that's Pretty cool. So now as, as um, watching Sean go through his process, were you still going to church somewhat? As yes, I, recall, I would go with my mom. We lived with my mom, yeah. And um, when my dad passed away, we moved in with my mom, and I would go with her mostly so she didn't have to be alone. Mm. And, oh, I could only handle that for so much more because it was just, that was just hard. Yeah. And so really for a long time, um, as Sean would come up and do this, I didn't really even go to church. I would go to Christian church every now and then, but most everything I did was online. Mm. And I, uh, the word has just, you know. I wanted to ask you about that. You, you said you went to a Christian church, and what was the difference there between what you'd experienced in a Christian church and the, and the LDS church? I could hear people church? stand up and say, you know, in the Mormon church, when 
it was hard for us and we were struggling and I was hurt and questioning and all these things. I, you know, I would play the organ or the piano so I could look out over everybody. And I would just look at these faces, these blank faces sort of that were just watching the speaker and I would just think, does anybody else's life just suck right now? Because <laughs> I'm just really struggling. And, but everybody looked like... Perfect little Yeah, and they were and traveling to here or redoing their kitchen, all these things that... I don't know, everything was perfect. And for, in the Christian church, I could find people who said, you know, I'm really struggling right now. And you could share in that. And even if you didn't want to share, because I'm pretty private and never put it out there, but just to hear that other people were... They're willing to share. Yeah, that was... God's and your relationship with Jesus, it sounds like that made a com complete change. Yeah. What, what was that experience like? I just, I just know Him now, and I love Him, and I'm trying to grasp the holiness. I still don't think I know Him like, like I know Him, and I still don't think I understand who I really am as a sinner. I'm sorry. No. So that's my prayer is just that I can know His holiness so that I can get who I am and then that gives me the true appreciation for what, what He did. Oh. You know, because somehow I still always have felt worthy and even now feels, I still don't think I get it completely because I still think I'm entitled to something somewhere. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's just awful to admit, but... Well, I think we all have those different sins that we still fall short of, but, uh, but to have that relationship and know who you are, and you know where you're going after you die, is that true? Yeah. Do you know where you're going after you I die? I know where I'm going. I still have, there's that little bit of something in me of that scripture when he says, and you're going to say, Lord, Lord, I knew he's going to say, I knew you not, and I, you know. And you're one of I those. I may be one of those, <laughs> so I'm not sure, but... Um, well, one thing that I've trusted so much in this journey of mine was to trust in the Bible and trust in Jesus. Mm. And I'm not trusting in a man, uh, and you aren't either. You're trusting in an almighty, sovereign God who, who we've given our lives to. And that just has to be right. Yeah, and, and reading His Word reading keeps his you word, there. Yes. Keeps you in understanding. That, and it brings the... It brings the knowledge, it brings the comfort, it brings the peace, it just brings the, just brings him right here. And you can read one verse, or you can read the whole chapter, or whatever, the whole, and you feel it. He speaks, he speaks through that, and it's, it's, that's been the most amazing thing. Well, I'd be remiss in this interview if I didn't ask you a little bit about how wonderful it's been for your family, your three girls. That must be a real joy for you. Nothing. To nothing greater. We have seen miracles. Yeah. We have seen miracles. And I think that uh, things have to get sometimes so bad in my life that uh, when they are made right, I, have, I know that it's God. Yeah. Because it has to be so bad and so big that otherwise I would take credit for having made it better. <laughs> so it has to be so bad to the point where I just am like, and it, it got there. Turned you know? it over it to got God. There where it's just like, face on the floor you know yeah. I can't do this but and uh, he steps in yeah. every time that's wonderful every time but for those of us that still have children that are struggling and not what, wondering what's happened to mom and dad uh, that must be a real joy for you to know keep that your girls loving are, them. Yeah. keep loving is them. that your message that's it's uh it's like when we had them rebel and we got really 
you know, okay, back to the legalism, then this and this and this, and we'll show you, we'll teach you. And I swear, I know God spoke to us and just said, not the way to do it. Just love them the same way I've loved you. And, you know, and just, it's the kindness that draws them. And like God's kindness draws us to him. And so we just kept loving them. And I mean, lots of time, eight, 10 years, things like that. But, yeah. and now they come back to us and say, just thanks for loving me. This, that's the best thing you could have done was just to love me through all of it. Be patient. Mm -hmm. Be love, patient because uh, the love doesn't make it go away yeah. right away. Yeah. But it does. And the example that you and, and your husband have shown uh, and the changes in him, you said, they, they must have noticed those changes oh, yeah. as well and, yeah. and realized that there was something else mm -hmm. working here that was special. Even my mom, who is still Mormon, yeah. says whatever whatever has gone on in him is the real deal yeah and it's that's yeah. pretty cool because my mom doesn't say stuff like that often. <laughs> so that's pretty huge that's pretty neat so is there life after mormonism oh it's amazing it's amazing yeah. god is nothing short of amazing he just really never ceases to just blow me away at his goodness why do you think the latter-day saint doesn't learn these things or doesn't study their own doctrine and come to a more personal relationship with Jesus w would you say it's the legalisms or the rules or their I think so probably you're so busy being kept busy if it's the programs or the rules or the commandments that you all the things that the do do do's that you that was my personal experience I just didn't have time to think about the the bigger concept and what it was really all about. It was just trying to keep the everyday things that I couldn't keep. And even though I wasn't committing the um, grievous or the, whatever, the, the, the big, big sins, the, yeah. I still go into that degree of sin thing. I was, I've learned now that the my sin is the, the worst kind. It's the kind that Jesus um, speaks the most about in the Bible, and that's pretty the hypocrite awful and the the yeah that's me all of Pharisees those are me yeah you jealous angry hatred you know it's just it's all of those things oh. and that's what who jesus speaks of oh what a beautiful story <laughs> and uh it's the story still in progress yes work still in progress yeah and you're still still journeying and still learning i guess and but the but your testimony your feelings about jesus have changed and are are so much richer now and the Bible's opened up and I just think the LDS are blind. Uh, there's a spiritual blindness that's talked about in the Bible and the gospel being hid from those that where their eyes are blind and, and I would I just have to believe I know in my own experience the same thing has happened yeah. that I see things more clearly now I trust in a God that I never understood before and a, a gospel that's full of grace and forgiveness and things that we just don't understand. Pretty, pretty so. mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Well, you've, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you've, go ahead. Well, you've got a minute left. What okay. do you say to the LDS people? Your, uh, what, what would you say? Go to God. Go to God and surrender it all to Him and just say, here's what I've been taught, here's what I'm in the middle of. Say, up to now it's working, but say, you know, like this crazy lady here is telling me something different. Give it to him and ask him to open your eyes. Ask him to show you. I promise he will show you. He will show you. 
And then once you give it to him, but you have to wait. I had to wait a long time. And you keep trying. And I said the sinner's prayer 200 times. You keep wondering if it took and all these kinds of things. But it only takes once. And uh, you're his. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks, Mary, for sharing. Uh, We appreciate your watching tonight. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.